0: Buenos Dias, Tomek. How are you today?
1: <laughs> good morning, Steve. Um, I'm pretty good. Yeah, I raced not uh, New York City, but a local race last Sunday, and today I'm finally feeling good. So that's that's a good news.
0: Yeah, you ran the local run for the water, right?
1: Yes, I saw for the you water. out there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I saw you out there. You were looking a little worse for the wear when I saw you topping the final hill at six and a half miles into a 10 mile race.
1: That was the goal to push, stretch the limits. So then the marathon pace feels super easy. That's good.
0: (laughs) Yep. You had a good weather day for it too, right? I mean, definitely it was better weather here than it was in New York city for their marathon.
1: That's right. It was, it was, you know, if, if the race was as long as marathon, it would change, it would affect us because it was changing mm-hmm. as we were coming you know and the start was 7 am So by when we was approaching the, the city, back to the city, you could feel the east wind coming and the humid and now has been you know so humid. <laughs> it's like I'm so happy we have a drop week so we don't have to just deal with the workouts. <laughs> but I don't know if you've seen uh, on Sunday we may have a, in the 30s, front co uh, front um a cold front is coming and and might be um, kind of yeah. Wandering. We're supposed to go camping this weekend and okay. I told
0: Kristen and she said, "Quit being negative." I'm like, "Okay, it's going to be raining on Friday, 41 <laughs> degrees on Saturday morning, and 38 degrees on Sunday morning." And you don't like cold weather, so I'm not really sure we'll be going camping this weekend. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll leave you. We'll let you guys know next 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 time we meet whether or not we actually went camping it's or funny not. Funny when so.
1: you try to deliver, uh, you know, the facts. You 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 being uh, label as negative
0: (laughs) i'm in i'm in a house full of girls who are bosses they are the bosses and i know they're the bosses and it's better that they are the bosses so um i just try to stay the boss of my tiny little domain and um, if i do that and even then i'm not really very much of a boss of it so and then yeah Um, and if
1: we we go to transition to you know uh, new york city marathon it came up to be the the women were the bosses fighting for the you know Was amazing, and uh, and the the men's race was completely different. But that's you know we we're here to talk all about it, right?
0: Yes, we are here to talk all about it. That race was crazy, crazy, (laughs) crazy. I didn't watch it during. I didn't see it till um, till later. So I just got on and noticed that the Brazilian Nascimento had gone out like a bat out of hell, crazy, crazy pace. Yeah. Um, So
1: so you know. we were all excited because for the first time um, we were able to see, we had a four different cameras. You know, when you downloaded New York, uh, New York um, uh, Marathon app, there was an option for four races you could choose. But the problem was there was no commentary, there was no distance, there was no time. <laughs> so you're just watching. It's like, okay, is he running fast they or are they they running fi- slow? They you just know? can't
0: figure this shit out, can they? They <laughs> it's just, just like, like somebody's got to be able to put it all together
1: and even on the tv you know they just don't show even like mile marks they just show like who is behind who and like but you don't know like how fast they're going you know it's like you know it's just kind of crazy it's and even the you know i like i like like you i kind of watched some on the app because we had our own race that i just mentioned but I was able to watch like the like the like the you know the the key moments. Uh, well, the key moment maybe for the men marathon was was first two miles when the guy <laughs> opened four twenty, which they say it's not really. I mean, it's the fastest split in a marathon. That, you know, I hear the the comments. But you know, it's it's a down. But they're down, coming down, off that bridge. The bridge.
0: Yeah, they're coming off the bridge.
1: So. Yeah. They said it's like running 4.50, but it's 4.20. I don't know if that's true because i never been in New York City, but uh, um, it still beats your leg pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, all the athletes that I had go out there, I had three athletes running at, Houston, at, at New York, and they all performed poorly. Um, they went in with big goals and big big expectations, and we didn't make adjustments for the weather. Knowing that we should make adjustments, we still didn't. Right, We just went for it anyway. Um um one athlete was nine minutes off what they were hoping to run, another athlete was more than twenty minutes off what they had hoped to run. but it really wasn't that surprising, given those conditions that if you went for it and you tried i thought the um stephen who went who who ran two forty nine i mean for him to hold on the way he did was pretty impressive <laughs> because the conditions were so bad to go for it and then and then um crack that way but it was uh, it was a rough day. You could just see it on the video screen, on this watching the screen, seeing the humidity in the air. You could see the humidity in the air. You could see it glistening on the ground, and you could see people sweating very, very profusely. Yeah. I was just like, oh man, when you can tell it's a hot day like that, it's just oh so. When,
1: when you see spectators wearing T-shirts, it means it's, it's yes. too hot to run. Yes,
0: that's yes, so true. <laughs> That's a good indicator. But you,
1: say, but you said uh, um, uh, you, you guys didn't adjust it uh, for the warm weather. But uh, what I, you know, I read Stephen's short uh, report and more he, that was his choice. He it looks like... No, for he, sure. We both went
0: into it. We went into it, decision. We made that decision together. I had said to him, we had a meeting, and I thought he was ready to go to under 240. I thought under 240 was going to be a stretch if he wanted his PR, which I think was going to be 243 or something like that. I think he'd run 244 or something like that. So. Uh If he wanted to get his PR, he needed to run more close to 245 and try to pick it up near the end, and he would get a PR. That was a guarantee way to do it. But he said, "No, I want a chance at 240." So he went after that, and that's where the problems happened. And I and we had had that conversation before we'd seen the weather shift to so bad. So then I checked in with him again. And he said, "No, I think I really want to go for it." And and Arik and I had decided he wanted to go sub three, and he really didn't want to change that and I knew he was more in like 303 I knew he was in 303 shape maybe he could have a great day and run um 3 hours but he thought that he was ready for 3 hours and he's run 254 253 before so I knew that he has you know he has that ability I just didn't know if he was in that kind of shape but he doesn't deal so well with the warm weather and I think he might have just at that point once it went badly he just backed all the way out and again I said to all, to both of those two guys um, they died an honorable death right because they had set it out in advance advanced and knew what they wanted to achieve missed it and then paid for it and to me that's yeah it's dumb if you're looking at the final result but it's not dumb when you're trying to go for something big and you know, that's that question that we ask ourselves like do you how do you adjust um and it really comes down to what you want, um, as opposed to Nascimento, who has wants to win the race. I don't think he really wants to try to run <laughs> under a world record at New York City. If he does, he's crazier than a loon. Um, and that that what he did is just, in my mind, um, just dumb. I mean, I don't know what he was thinking he could achieve. It didn't seem within the realm of possibility within the first five k. And stretching to ten k, I mean, the fact that he was able to hold it as long as he did was super impressive.
1: Yeah, but even then half he went... mar- even half marathon, sixty one something. Which record, I know, on that... course record is two oh five something, right? So way yes. under course record.
0: Yes, I mean it, it was it was an unbelievable race, and, and yeah. was it an honorable death? You know, that's the question I have. It's like I don't think he was going for something that was within reason, and the fact that he didn't know it was within reason. And and you might say, well, how did he, how do I know? I didn't see his training cycle. I don't know what, I wasn't in their coach athlete relation conversation. So they, they, they had their thinking. Um, but it struck me by watching after the race, watching through and seeing that footage that he was just going because that's what he felt like doing. And then he paid for it, you know. Um, as opposed to Des Linden, who in the women's race, she goes off the front and it looks a little bit like she's also making a kind of a, like I was like, I had read a little bit about her beforehand and she said she thought she was in really good shape. Um, she was downplaying it, but afterwards when I read her, I think I read her Instagram post before I even know, knew how much she went out after it. And she said, hey, I went for it, but I thought I was in better shape than I realized. I thought I might be able to sneak up on some people. And you know, uh, that to me is an honorable death. So w- why is it that I have this ex- higher expectation for the Brazilian athlete than I do for Des I don't know, it just seemed to me to be he could have won that race, handedly gotten a huge win at the New York City Marathon, and he missed his opportunity and handed it over to somebody who um, who didn't need another win. <laughs> you know, yeah. Nascimento needed that win way more than Chebet needed that win. You know? Yeah. So. But,
1: but see, but I had a, li- a little bit um, uh, to compare those two, uh, Des and, and the Brazilian, the, the Nascimento, it was Des was just going her pace which she thought she is you know uh, capable of doing and the rest of the women were just very cautious versus men they were going already pretty fast and docimento going way too fast <laughs> you know what i mean so <laughs> it's a little bit different uh but yeah she thought maybe she can Sneak, sneak away, but it, it wasn't to be. But um, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, this is it's
0: what makes this thing so cool, Tomek. I know. I mean, the marathon is just. Let's talk about a few things here. Number one, Sisson's famous comment: "The marathon always wins," <laughs> which I should pat. Which I should. I should get that trademark at some point in time. Because <laughs> I've heard. It's, it's I, r- like I heard a couple r- rubs people. Rubs
1: me in the wrong way, in a way, because it's yeah. like, why marathon always wins? I want to prove it wrong. (laughs) I I think
0: you can prove it wrong, but only only when you decide that you're going to run about 10 minutes slower than your marathon. Than your marathon goal time, and then you won't have pre- proved me wrong because you just went out for basically an extended long run, right? Like a fast long run. You didn't yeah, really yeah. do a race. I, I, the reason it, the reason the marathon always wins is because you have shifted shifted from that glycolytic system to the lipid system. You've gone from sugars to fat burning, and the pure pounding of the race. I mean, you see it in every athlete. I mean, uh, let's let's just make note of one who we didn't see it from recently. Emily Sisson's last – her marathon that she ran at Chicago was – I think that was the only time I've seen an elite-level runner get through without that drop. Now, with we might see it with Kipchoge every once in a while where he has a race where he doesn't feel like he's fading near the end. Um, But we didn't see that at his last race because he went out after it, right? He went after that, through that first half so fast that he wasn't going to, at Berlin, he wasn't going to get, you know, he was going to look a little ragged at the end. And of all the people in the world, he, I still think Kipchoge loses to the marathon at Berlin in 2022. He does. Now, maybe Emily beat Chicago, but in that end, she might have just beaten herself because she didn't get, squeeze out of it what she needed. You should be in that last um when you see an athlete being able to kick it in the way she and a couple years ago at 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 Bo- at Chicago Jordan Hassaid did a similar thing where they're just able to lift and close hard in it you're like oh they left a little bit out there um you know in Emily's defense as we talked about the last time we talked that was part of her plan she didn't really know where she was at pace wise and she didn't really care because it was her 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 really her, her first marathon where she was like where she knew she was ready, she knew she could compete, and she knew it was all coming together and she was ready to go. So she's like, I'm just not gonna pay attention to it. But anyway, going back to my point, the marathon always wins, um, always. And that's uh, what makes the race beautiful. Um, it's also something that everybody, everybody knows it's a threshold that is hard to achieve. So it's got this higher pedigree. You know, I, I, When I first started coaching marathoners, I was not a marathoner myself. And I was like, why do people care about the marathon so much? Have you heard me say this a hundred times? to like, a well-run 5K is as good as a well-run marathon. But they're different races, substantially different races. So I agree that a well-run 5K is equal to a well-run marathon. But the athlete's going to feel better about their well-run marathon. Why is that? Because they can't run another one in two weeks. They can't run one in another two months, really. I mean, some do, but they shouldn't, right? But, you know, there it just makes that race so special. And I think it's why it's captured – the american i mean all the world's attention so much as a race distance because not everybody can do it i mean everybody can do it but not everybody could just off the couch get out and run 26.2 miles whereas anybody can get off the couch not anybody n- 90% of the human population who's can amble can walk a 5k right but a marathon 42.2k not so much <laughs> so i think that that's that's kind of what we're talking about here with the marathon is this This beautiful, what a race looks like is both running 26.2 miles on a set course with all of the challenges that that particular course has. New York is different from Boston, is different than Chicago, is different than Berlin, is different than Tokyo. And nobody it's different than, you know, the College Station race and the Austin race and the race in Portland and the race... You know, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and the race in, you know, Singapore. I mean, they're all completely different races. The marathon's a lot like cross country, like where you you don't really – you're going for a time, but the course variability, the weather challenges, and the way the physiology works in those races creates divergent times that are – you know a guy who's in 3 hour shape will end up running 320 plus <laughs> why does that happen because there's epic failure he would not miss his um 5k time by the equivalent amount
1: man so many so many points out there and and so many you know discussions uh, the, the, the ways this discussion can go and <laughs> that's why it's so well, beautiful pick one it. pick one <laughs> <laughs> no i i actually you know after after the race on on sunday when i was just like you know jogging back home i was just thinking like why um yeah why the the people choose the the marathon or you know versus let's say this race kind of was telling me so was talking to me so deeply you know the 5k or the half marathon of 10 mile or 10k and i almost felt it was harder you know if you can run hard those shorter races it's it's just so challenging because you're just on the verge from the beginning i'm not not necessary because it's you know but 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 then in a way to to ease let's say to ease into the marathon to the rhythm to and then to actually squeeze the best out of yourself that's that's just another uh, another mystery and 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 beautiful process yeah, but that you, you can just just practice, you know. And
0: absolutely, exactly. but one of the things that's critical here is you ran a race that's iconic in Austin, and okay. an iconic because it runs through the toughest hills. That not the toughest hills we have in Austin, but some of the toughest. Certainly, the toughest hills that almost everybody locally runs nearly every long run, or at least if they're running 50 miles a week, um, most people are running these hills occasionally. Maybe not down Pecos because it's pretty busy, but they're running up scenic. Everybody's run up and down scenic many, many times in a year, (laughs) many, many times. And, And there's problems associated with that particular race, given it's distance in 10 miles given where you run in the middle of it and then given that there's this really really quote unquote fast section at the end which by the way if you were in Chicago wouldn't seem fast because it's got a little tiny rollers in it they've got little things in there but compared to the monsters that you ran between mile three and mile you know but from mile three to mile three 6.5 so for three and a half miles it's a really rolling tough course and pretty fast actually if you can get it right. But you have to get it just right, and that aspect is one of the a- things that about racing that makes it so beautiful. Um, so, you know, when I athletes use this as a as a many, I have a lot of athletes going out to out to the California International Marathon in a couple of weeks, and you in a couple of weeks are going out to Valencia same weekend, and you're using this race to try to figure out uh, number one what your what your equipment needs are. Um, If you've got your gear right, um, maybe getting up and getting a number pinned to your chest creates that kind of excitement and flow that you need that will prepare you for your race a little bit better. Um, You've maybe gone through a race plan with a coach. Some people did. Some people didn't. Um, Hopefully you go through a post-race discussion, what you did right, what you did wrong, how you can manage that. But it gives you all these opportunities to test what will be playing out on race day before The beforehand, but you're also hoping that that time will be giving you some kind of handicap or some kind of indicator of where your current fitness is. And see, you know, the the run for the water is challenging for that. Now it's not challenging for me because I've been using it for a pre race race now for about five or six seven years to go for a weekend early early December race because people have been enjoying going to the California International Marathon because it's such a well done race. So we've been using that as an indicator race now for a number of years, and I know it's about a minute to ninety seconds slow. On really good wet on your day, I think it was sixty seconds slow. So I think you lost fifteen seconds a mile through um, the the middle miles, and I think you probably went out a little slow because you have to be prepared for those miles, so you lose some time on the tra- time there, and maybe you can't make it all up in the last two and a half miles. But. Uh, so I, but I can budget that. So for you, you ran 58:30 ish, right? Isn't that what you ran? Right, 58:30 ish. Right. I mean, that's indicator. If I take you, give you a minute off of that, that's 57:30. That's directly in line with a 240 marathon. Now that doesn't mean that Tomek's going to go out to Valencia and run 240, but it gives you sort of a place to say, all right, I shouldn't be thinking about 235 because that's a bridge too far, and I can actually be pretty confident that 245 is something I can do and can manage, can handle, and I should be reasonably ready for that given that I that I did this equivalency. Now, there's a lot of meat left on the bone there that needs to get processed, like how many long runs have you done? Have you done anything specific for a marathon? You can't just do equivalencies straight off the bat. There was a guy who was only about uh, about a minute and a half behind you who I started coaching recently um, who was the second TELUS runner behind you. His name's Max and he is just joined my program. He hasn't done a long run beyond, you know, 14 miles to 16 miles. And if he was looking for an equivalency for his performance after that, I would have to say, no, you can't just take a straight equivalency of a 59 minute, you know, he ran 60 minutes, 50, call it 59 minutes. I can't plug that into a calculator and say, Oh, I can now tell you that you're ready to run 2:45 for a marathon. Cause he's not right. He's just, he's just not, he's not prepared for that. So you have to take those things into consideration. But I mean, these are the things that I think are important for people to recognize and realize that, um, why racing different race distances is cool and why doing them in the middle of your season is really crucial and critical. Um, this particular episode is turned more into a training episode than a fanboy's typical episode. <laughs> but you and I have been threatening to do this for a while now. So it may end up turning into the fanboy's being a little bit of a of a mix of both of these things. <laughs> we mean, also have really... weird stuff we like to talk about, too. We, we, <laughs> I don't know what it all means. I mean, it's
1: relate well because, you know, because. Um, uh, then you choose you know and why people choose well people going to new york city right so clearly it's not just just they searching for for fast times they they want to experience this iconic place and they know the weather could be whatever and the only constant in new york city are the fans you know and and it's gonna be nice and loud and and spectacular in that way but then but they still go there with like you know i could probably squeeze it right <laughs> i mean both
0: my i mean all three of my athletes went into that race with that mindset that they could get over on the race right not only could they get over on new york city but they could get over on the marathon and right. i let them do it like so am i a dumb coach like should should i have backed them up i mean i did give all the typical caveats right but i signed on like those all three of those Okay, of the three athletes that ran at Houston that ran at New York, we'll talk about we, you know, we just met, we mentioned Steven going for 240, ran 249. Loss on my on my win-loss record that I talk about, right? I get a loss for that. Okay, my heart doesn't, but I do. You just we shot for something, we took a big risk, so we get a loss. Um it's like a football coach who decides to go at fourth and whatever. Um, you know, fourth down, he tries to make something happen and he can't get the three points, and so he made a hard decision, and so you Live by, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, as they say. Um, Arik, definitely a loss. He was gone for three hours. Even I would have signed on for 303, 305 maybe. But he ran 320 plus, and so then therefore that's a loss, right? And then Jeremy, who has been has had a very up-and-down season, lots of challenges, He, I wouldn't have counted him as a loss necessarily. I'd get a push with him because it wasn't a command performance race. He, he considers it one in a sense, but, I mean, he's run – he ran <laughs> – He's run a lot of races recently, so at, at marathon distance races. So he, he still was hoping for a good performance, but I wasn't really counting on that. So I just didn't think that would happen. But so what, what do I get for that as a coach? I mean, I got three losses. I got, a, you know, I got two losses and a tie or two losses and a push. Um, but do you think I care? Like I really don't care. I'm way more proud of my athletes for having an honorable death than them going out. Well, I don't know. I mean, if they had decided that they wanted to get the slower time and they were going to go for it, I would have been ex- equally proud of that performance. It wouldn't have been more or less. But I have no problem that I get a w- I get an L on my quote-unquote record, my, my my, you know, coaching record. Then they get a great experience that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives, even if that experience is a sufferfest.
1: See, but I think... Uh, uh... Grading yourself as a coach for, for um, uh, just the performance—it's—it's it's not really a clear picture because when the athletes, I feel when the athletes decides to go for this big goal, that means the athlete had a nice block of training which is prescribed by coach and and overseen by coach. So that means athlete athlete is confident to to go for it Me, means. Meaning training went well. I'm feeling great. Everything is picking in the right directions, right? So then, marathon course, weather, blah blah blah, travel, everything, right? It, it, that's different variable. But overall, like you said, uh, an athletes probably feel the same. They they probably, f- even though, like you mentioned, maybe someone is 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 second-guessing if it's good running in the a, in a hot weather or not. But overall, I think they, after settling down, the emotions and everything, they would be just like, okay, that was a good cycle, and I would, I would repeat that and on a better day, better course, run actual PR, you know? So yeah, I
0: think- I, yeah, I'll, I'll clarify. I, I'm not afraid to have a win-loss record on the board for people to look at because my losses, I learned from my losses, they're not mine. But I have to grade myself somehow, right? Now, the place I grade myself, that's how I grade myself for the world, if the world asked, right? I can't, I don't, I haven't kept a long-term tally, but my guess is I'm about, I'm probably, you know, 60% good races, 40% bad races. And the forty percent is most of those are athlete decisions, not coach decisions. But some of them are coach decisions. I'd say maybe twenty percent of that forty is on me, twenty percent of that forty is on them. But I do get lots of good race results, right? Like now there have been seasons where I've gotten poor ones, but I've had seasons where I've gotten all good ones. But the real metric I've based myself on is did is my athlete and we don't I don't track this in any, you know, in any evidence based way, in any empirical way. But I have a post pre-race meeting with my athletes and I usually try to ensure that they are going to have a good starting line experience. And I'd say I'm at about 95% on that over my career, that my athletes have a good starting line experience. Um, And by that, what it means is that the athlete is standing there on the starting line, believing that they're ready for the thing that they're ready for. Now, uh, some of that 95%, I should probably Take off for coach overestimating athletes' ability, too, right? Um, so, where does that sit in the construct of that question? Um, that's an interesting thought. That in the case of both Arik and um, Stephen, what, is what I did in their best interest? Or, as a doctor would say, did I put them in harm's way? Um, I don't think so. They definitely went into them, the teeth, but they've gone into similarly challenging things in my training. So I knew that they weren't going into it um, without a skill set to be able to deal with it. And we had discussed (laughs) the likelihood um, of faltering under those conditions at 70 degrees or 68 to 72, whatever it was at the start line. I don't really remember. And then it got warmer as it went Um, and it was very humid. So we, you know, it's these are the little th- puts and takes that are important in the athlete, coach-athlete relationship that I think um, the athlete needs to be thinking about themselves, but also when they select a coach. Can their coach do those things? Can their coach... Um, do they have experience with the courses that you're running? Do they have experience with um, the race distance? Do they have experience with different people with different perspectives and points of view? So, I mean, not really sure what we're doing today, T. We're actually kind you know, of rambling off on completely different areas
1: <laughs> it's just the new york city uh, uh marathon is stimulating us to, to do so and then you know we we still go go back um yeah let's go back to 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 the to the fun boys and um uh, and then the battle you know the, the the women battle we know what happened with men the 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 they started they let the the, the Brazilian the, Dona Cimento go, and then and, you know the the clear favorite, which was uh, Evans Chebet, right, who won mm-hmm. the Boston Marathon. Um, s- started, I I saw he started going right when they entered that that the second bridge, which is like whatever sixteen miles or something.
0: Yeah, he made it's, that race happen.
1: Yes, he made that. I saw bridge. And Shira Kitata. What's Rapp, the other guy's name? Shira, Shira K- Kitata. Shira Kitata. Shira Kitata, yeah. Who ended yeah. up second, yeah. So, uh, at the end, by the way, he ended up being very interesting because he was kind of closing on on, on Oh, he was? And then was like hanging there. So, any 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 weak moment in the Chibets thing. In- Shere
0: Katata is a hard luck dude, isn't he? He's yeah. a hard luck motherfucker. Yeah. He does. He has had a lot of these races at this level where he's just been, ju- where we have talked about him being ready to perform and ready to go. I mean, he's been at this world level. I mean, he's definitely a player, and he's won some big ones, yeah. but more often he's just a little bit off of it, or he's always right there. And he's somebody, that guy's in the race, you have to always take him into consideration. So when he was gaining at the end, I was like, I think you might get him, except we were talking about Evans Chibet, who is yeah. right now um you know outside of Kipchoge, he's probably he and his training partner of the same last name right <laughs> no that
1: was <laughs> well, the, the the other guys the the guys that won uh, um, uh london um there are two knockki bets. there are two um uh, I know there are two guys of the same name
0: yeah, but anyway, and they're all from, the,
1: the, from the same group
0: yeah. And Evans is, I mean, he's just running at such a high level and he's been incredibly consistent. And he, you know, he won, the way he won Boston this year was so impressive that for him to win this race the way he did was equally impressive. Although, you know, Dona whole Sadori will come in and play into that win and how that all went. But that was his own fault. He shot himself in the foot. He's on his own, right? So <laughs> I, don't, I
1: don't know if, if you if you went back and, and read, you know, because... Uh, about Donald Cimento's uh, history of, of pushing so hard, which which was the, the Olympic marathon when he mm-hmm. Lane <laughs> on the bump to
0: Kip- <laughs> And he gave a fist bump to Kipchoge in the middle of the race. That's what I remember him most for. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, but then I, I've watched some highlights. He is like uh, stopping, hitting himself in the face to walk up, kind of swerving like a drunk person stopping for five seconds, then oh, yeah, we were chasing full that. speed, full speed, catching them, we which ten minutes on that. later, falling on the curb, which is like, <laughs> it's like, what a guy. I
0: forgot about that. I <laughs> forgot about that. He's a jack wagon. That's exactly what I call a jack wagon. Now, he might show up on a big race and steal it and win, but yeah, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. put my money on him. I, just, I wouldn't <laughs> put my money on him. See, but people Whereas talking Shira talking Katata, I, yeah, would put, yeah. I would put more money on Shira Katata because he seems to always be... They are lingering around, ready to go. You know, but, but I would he have picked. I, 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 don't would have picked...
1: He, I remember he 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 looked pre- pretty good, even though mm-hmm. right before falling apart, he still looked kind of composed. It seems, mm-hmm. but but well,
0: uh, you talking about don Cimento.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's because he that was that what we saw that drama we saw play out. I'm out. That's <laughs> drama. That's. Like I, I, no, I don't want to train with that guy. I don't want to work with that guy. I don't want anything to do with that guy. I, I don't want nothing to do with him. He's a drama. He's too dramatic. Too much drama. I'm about to say drama queen, but that's a disrespect to all the queens in the world. Like, no, he's yeah. just dramatic and doesn't need to be so dramatic. And until he figures out how to figure that out, in my opinion, as an athlete, if he could calm that, learn. If I was working with him, I'd be like, how do we, how do we bring that down and bring up your instead of gaming when it doesn't matter let's be a baller and a gamer when it does matter because yeah. that's what's going on and when he and he's so confident for whatever reason but it's a false it's not a real thing and if he just sat back a little longer and stayed in the race a little bit longer would it be a real thing now I don't know enough of his races we'd have to go back and do the last five races to kind of track it through to be able to give him ad- advice we're not his coaches but he wouldn't listen to us anyway why would he but I don't know if I would work with him. I just he's he's a jack wagon. I don't want to work with a jack wagon. There are jack wagons I like working with because that's a problem I like to solve. But he's he's I think he's probably I mean, this is two huge level races with all the eyes of the world on him, and he acts like a petulant child at the end of it. In the middle of yeah. it. Like, so come on. You like think, I'm done you with think, that.
1: But you oh, by the way, he he used to train with the Lawrence Chirona group. And when Lawrence Chirono popped for, for, for dr- drugs, uh, mm-hmm. he left the group, said he want, want to be associated with the group. But also, what do you think if, if the weather was perfect, you know, let's say 40 degrees, and you think he could hold it almost till the end?
0: No. The marathon always wins. He was going to crack. You Chibet think was he gonna would go even faster? No he would have run faster, and it might have been later, and maybe he would have held him off because he would have gotten closer to the finish, but he would have been fading. He would have been... F- it- yeah. I think Don Nascimento got excited about what's been going on at women's level. Okay. We've been talking about this, he why the Chicago? men haven't been running. He watched Chicago, He <laughs> wa- I mean, he watched all of them. I mean, all year, all 2022, there's been people doing crazy stuff yeah. and pulling it off, right? So I think that that's what he was doing. He was like saying, no, I can get it done, watch me. And he got pumped full of confidence that he, okay, he, he wasn't gonna beat the weather that day. He wasn't gonna beat that course that day at the paces that he was trying to run. The best in the, many of the best in the world that run on that course, I mean, many people who have run 204, 203, have run 208, 207, 205 on that course, right? So he's not gonna run 202, 203 on that course. He's just not. Now, some marathoners do have a plan. What did you say he
1: went through the halfway in? Uh, 6140 or something?
0: So that's like, oh, so let's say it's 204, right? So some athletes, that might not be too fast. For some athletes at New York City, if they know they're going to have a fade and they just want to get far enough away that they can sneak away and then they know how to suffer, but not on a 68, 72 degree day with 85% humidity under any circumstances over 26.2 miles. No, no, dumb. Like it just, it doesn't make any sense. And because it didn't make, and because, and he knows it didn't make any sense because that's why he acted like a little whining, crying child and flops on the ground and has the whole world look at him and get a camera in his face and he's drama. He's drama, dude. I don't want anything to do with it. Like I'm not a fan. Not a fan at all. Not unlike the women that we saw at Chicago we saw the what we saw at Chicago. Like where we saw someone stand and deliver and hold and keep their stuff together and go for it and still not fall apart and not cry and whine like a little child. Like, no, I don't buy it. I'm not I'm not a fan of that. I think it's I think it's weak sauce, frankly. Now, I'm sitting here in a catbird seat, just commentating, but that's my view. I'm yeah. not a fan of the guys. Like, give me Evans Chibet winning it every time. Give me uh, Shira Katari winning, it, getting done what he gets done. You know, give me whatever's going to be whatever's going on with um, with Galen Rupp. Right. You know, a lot of people say, "Don't drop out," but Galen Rupp didn't make any scene afterwards. He made no. He might have made comments, but he just moved off the course, took care of his business, and as you have mentioned, we might be seeing him soon at a race. But um, who knows? We'll probably talk about that in a little bit. But I don't. I don't need the drama. Show up on race day, give me the results. Let's see it. Finish it. Finish it, Don Nascimento. Finish it. If you can't finish it, you're just a chump, especially if you're going to do pull histronic's like he pulled on that course. Like it grumps me out. It's like it's just. It's just dumb. It just it just it act, and again this is I think I made this comment to you when we were at our happy hour yesterday. How does our sport get on ESPN news with some Jack Wagon flopping around like a dead fish on the course? It's just embarrassing. We should <laughs> not be showing somebody doing bad stuff, doing something that's not honorable to the to the sport. I don't like it. Just, it just it just again it just creeps me out, makes me feel gross and icky and like, I don't want anything to do with it. I mean, and I don't blame him, I mean, but I'm just not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to encourage it. I don't, I don't see it as an honorable death. I see it as a stupid, ridiculous, dumb death that didn't need to happen.
1: But but it was like with all that, it's beyond our control, no? <laughs> or oh, his control at this moment, ended up in the hospital and said, yeah, super low sugar and it's super dehydrated. So I, I mean, guess he. it's, it's, yeah. Maybe he's twenty-two year old. You know, I don't know. Every single
0: person, if you tested them at the finish line of that race, would have had all those similar conditions. So don't buy that. Don't don't buy those stupid stories that they tell later on. I had to take in three liters of water, and I had all these other problems. Every single person that got tested at that finish line, whether they won or they finished in five hours, had the same fucking conditions. I guarantee you. Maybe (laughs) not exactly the same, but really, really close. And if his are worse, it's because it's psychosomatic. He made it happen because his mind was like, "I'm falling apart. I'm gonna fall on the ground." Flops around like a dead fish. I can't take it like I'm done. I, I don't want to talk about this bozo anymore I'm finished with him. Let's move on to another topic because he I can't I can't stop talking about it, it makes me yeah. grumpy the,
1: the, the, On the woman's side, you know, I would I would think um, Like like not not completely different than the Brazilian guy was actually Helen Obiri who actually finished big story before the race everything went perfect the rumors even the comments were even uh, floating that in a in a perfect condition in a flat course she's in a world world record shape and there you go i don't know when she started falling back but she you know she still finished i think in the fifth place and it uh, got huge huge um, humbling experience which is probably good and she has a pr that she can beat next time you know <laughs>
0: And everybody knows she'll be back and be ready for it. She didn't get yeah. burned by it. She finished strong. Um, yeah, I just don't know why any, I mean, you can say she in world record shape, but you have to do it. Right. And why would you pick New York City unless you already knew that you didn't want to be held to that standard? Um, and maybe I don't. I'm not saying she said she was in world record shape, and I'm not saying Dathan said she was in world world record shape. But the yeah, rumors floating around. Yeah, the goal was not to run a world were...
1: record. To clarify, the the the, the goal Correct. was to win, and the goal. Well, I know that. I, I heard for her was to sit, not lead, and then close hard, which she's famous for, right? But even this relatively slow pace ended up being deadly for her. It
0: was, it was just. I mean.
1: I don't... <coughs>
0: Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's gonna debut. It's hard to debut and win.
1: Except the first woman that did. <laughs> Sharon, right? Locktie?
0: Yeah, I think that it's really, I mean, maybe Helen could have done that. Maybe the race could have played out a little bit different, um, but yeah. uh, it's hard to win in your first race. Especially yeah. when all the media is talking about you, people weren't talking about the dark, um, the the dark sky distance girl. What's her name? Sharon Loki or
1: Lockta? Yeah, she she Locktie. she was racing for for Kansas, right? And won. A yeah, she HH did. She ran County, for Kansas, yeah. but yeah. she's
0: running for Dark Star Distance, I think, yeah. with yeah, Stephen that's Haas. Nice. Yeah. Um, nice. but she's like, yeah, that was a beautiful race. I mean, I'm I'm so happy that she won that race. It was really cool. I mean, it would have been great. Saul Peter did a lot of that work and they went back back and forth blow for blow. Um and it but it is hard to win in your debut and I mean if you're gonna win in a debut it'd probably be out of New York. That's right. Like if or New or Boston, if you're that. But I don't think anybody picked Sharon to be the winner. I mean I, she was definitely people would have probably expected Alphine Tilliamuk to be further up than and Alphine had an actually pretty decent race and she held on pretty strong near the end yeah. too. Um, it was just a shitty day. It was a really, really tough day. But that women's race was exciting, fun. Seeing it come into this, coming into the park, and having two people going blow for blow with each other was just beautiful. It was it was a it's a great it was a great finish, and it was um, it was really cool to see that story where we see Sharon over the next couple of years. You know, we have another athlete that's won twice or competed really well at the New York City Marathon. Um, who has yet to do anything else than at every other at any other any other marathon um Kipchoge's training partner um I'm blanking on his name right now he's won New york uh
1: jeoffrey yeah
0: joffrey comearar yeah. he he just can't seem to get it like that there's something about the New York City marathon that allows um people who wouldn't compete at other necessarily be in it at other you know, races of the same level. I mean, we have an American one it.
1: Yeah.
0: So we're, I don't know, I, I'm not poo-pooing New York because I think it should stay in these higher echelon of races. I think it creates problems. And I do think those people who are talking about Kipchoge, you can see why they want him to show up for something like New York. Because how would he deal with a 68 to 70 degree day with high levels of humidity with real competitors around him who can run and he doesn't have the ability to go at that faster gear and he has to adjust to all the hills and all the other things. I do think these are problems that are important for us to figure out about Kipchoge not for whether he's the greatest of all time but just because we want him we want to see how much greater he is at all time. But you can also see why he maybe thinks twice about going to it and I think he was there this year, watching at least. So I'm sure that his eyes got real opened up, real wide, and was like, "Oh, I bet I need to come present and correct for this one because it's it is not one that you you don't what what you don't know exactly what's going to happen, you know."
1: So do you do you, you do you think there's a place for? I'm guessing there is a place for both because the, the 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 races, you know, with the pace setters when there's just clear, it's almost. It, by itself it, it just selects the you know top three guys more or less um uh, women men but then there are races like new york and boston where um where there's no paces um I, I i'm guessing it's a place for both because it's kind of entertaining but i would also like to see you know um flourish course that goes without paces that would be interesting because it seems like the courses that it's, harder Boston and New York they're only ones that they they don't have a paces but you know it would be interesting to see uh, every other year maybe they should switch every other year right I don't know you'll just
0: have athletes that'll skip the year that it's paced (laughs) so then you'll end up having two type marathons you know like uh, we do have you know at least we have the Olympics um, where kind of everybody comes into one race where it's not paced and it's kind of figured that out I don't really have a problem with pacing. I think that maybe comes from my years on the track and seeing how much pacing is used for track races. And they have always, pacers have been used since the 70s. And I mean, I mean, there was a pacer for um, for Roger Bannister when he broke four for the mile. So like there's always been a history of pacing going on, in my opinion, in distance running. So I'd be hard pressed to argue to not to pull it out. I think there's a time, I think to your argument, there's a time and a place for both. Um, it does put an asterisk beside the greatest of all time. If he, he had, now, now he has won two of the most prestigious marathons over the last um, eight years uh, because he won the Olympic marathons when real people were there for the real race, right? Um, it, in his presence guarantees that most of the greats are there, right? They try to win that race at the Olympics. Um, prior to Kipchoge's winning though, there were some times where it seemed like people were kind of skipping the Olympics. They definitely skipped the World Championships, right? Yeah. Like we see the World Championships, people don't really value that so much. Um, but that fact that Kipchoge's won two Olympic gold medals kind of takes away that question mark with him. Now, if he does run New York and if he does run Boston. By the way, I don't think these are necessary for him to be considered the greatest of all time. I think he's already got that. But I agree with those people who want to see him do it, because I would like to see him do it too. But if he gets defeated there, it's not gonna it's not gonna affect his record at this point. No one's no one's questioning whether um whether uh oh, my brain is farting. I'm getting old, Tomek. Whether uh the Ethiopian who was the greatest of all time on Bekele. the track. but Kaylee, No one's questioning whether he's the greatest, even though his marathon career has not been as stellar comparatively. Um, right. Although he did miss the world record by like three seconds <laughs> on a day where he went. I mean, that to me, that race that he ran that day was brought him back in that conversation of the greatest of all time because who in the world would have ever... No one expected that. No one thought that was going to happen. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's like pacing is okay to me but I've, I if we had pace I don't care whether there's pacing at Boston or New York it would make no sense it wouldn't make any difference right because here's the other thing every other athlete out there could be paced just so if the if anybody athlete out there could get paced and there's not a rule against pacing then we've got pace group leaders for people trying to get Boston qualifiers yeah so they're getting paced so to me maybe we have championship races where that doesn't happen
1: yeah. And but- then, you know, that leads me to also make me think about, you know, uh, there's uh, always uh, this conversation, at least in recently, like why, why the American uh, men don't really run faster, right? Why, why they stuck in this 209 thing? And then you, you you realize that they mostly go to New York City or Boston, because that's the big appearance fees for them to make money. And, and, uh, and there you go. They, they stuck with those hard courses, hard weathers, and they, they seem not to be interested really going much faster i don't, I don't know maybe you know 7th or top 10 in new york plus appearance fees best american pays them good good uh, mm-hmm. good money right
0: i think we'll see some of them do that i mean i do think you're going to see more of that they'll they'll go right? after the yeah i think so right. i think that the cadre of american distance runners that have that are there now like the scott Faubles, um, the Mart Lanos, the Mike, Matt Lanos, the the Albertsons and the myriad of other ones we could talk about that I'm know I'm forgetting that they're um they've been playing in a second fiddle game for a very long time with Galen. So I think once Galen sort of exits stage left, which may not be soon. He I mean I see seems to me like he's still got another five, ten years in him personally, but we'll see. He doesn't need to do it. But Um, But I do think that there is less of um, a—I think that for some reason, Galen has affected American men's competitiveness. I I think that there's a subtle psychological issue that goes on there with him being the number one guy. And he proves it every time he goes out. He's won the Olympic trials the last two times going away, and no one could go with him and no one— there was no question about what was happening right he yeah. was the best guy so i think that affects them it's like i'm runner up and so i can't be th- if i can't be the best in the u.s how could i be the best in the world whereas the u.s women don't have that same view even though they are pretty far behind um they're still closer than the men are and and the thing about the women is we're seeing incredible improvements i mean we 1983 1982 and 1983, we saw Joan Benoit run 223 when she broke the world record um, and at Boston. And that, that performance um, was a huge world record breaking. She broke it by like three minutes or something like that. Um, and American women are really pushing the edge of, you know, they've now got, we've got many who are down below that world record. Outside of, I mean, we don't have anybody threatening the American world record I mean now the, the American world record is kind of a cheater record, I think we would both agree that Khalid Kanuchi probably was, he's definitely suspect don't want to say he was for sure but he was definitely suspect, he ran 205 or what is it 204 high or something like that 205.38 I
1: think Yeah, and,
0: and you know he he to me he that, that, that time is, if Galen didn't get it, who's going to go get it, you know so that the men have a challenge there, whereas for women they keep breaking American record, breaking American record, breaking American record, getting bonuses for that, doing that. Each time out now we're gonna see an American record get broken. Because they're not just trying to be the best in the US. Because to be the best in the US you have to break the world the American record. And then they still wanna be one of the best in the world. I think the men that ship has sailed on both counts. They don't see a sub two oh five in the in their potential. I mean, maybe Albertson does, but whatever. Yeah. Like that guy's not seeing exactly clearly from my point of view, but um and then but but all the women are right um they all are, even Galen doesn't seem to talk that much about trying to get the American record it has never really it hasn't ever seemed to be something that he was really concerned with, which is shocking because he could go down as being one of the greatest American distance runners ever if he if he he could go down if he could get it, and I, he still might I still am not. Yeah. I'm still not. I still don't think that Galen's done personally. So because it's, uh, we'll isn't see.
1: It, isn't it interesting? You know, there, there are plenty of guys that can run sixty minutes and a half. That the, you know, that they clearly be could be a two or five guys. Why not? Right?
0: They should be two or five guys. Yeah. I mean what yeah. was Kanucci's uh, uh uh what was Kanucci's half marathon best? Probably sixty fifty nine high, sixty low exactly. something. So there's guys already that can do that. So why don't we see that happening at that distance? You know, a lot of it is they didn't train right for so long. And even you know,
1: the race in Boston. That that's that's that should be the benchmark.
0: Correct. Yeah. yeah, and that he was the last one who ran like he could compete with the world. Right. Other than Galen. Galen has, but it just hasn't turned out that it got to be that way at the in his marathon career. I mean, he did medal at the Olympics. <laughs> what are we saying? I mean, and then the next one he was ninth or eleventh and on a bad day, right? Like he's still so good, right? We we are throwing a little shade at Galen that way. But that I think that's because what we saw. This is what the thing. Galen should have moved to the marathon sooner. Yeah. But maybe he couldn't because he His coach didn't think he had the skill set necessary to be a competitor there, so it's better to be competitive where you can be competitive. And, and that's a good point, you know? I mean, he's a medalist at the 10,000 at the Olympics or the world level. So, you know, and then he medaled at his first Olympics and against the greatest— I and mean, then the only guys in front of him was a guy who— had an unbelievable race that we've. now haven't heard back from him again. You know, I mean, they'll still think that guy if he shows back up. That Ethiopian, if he shows back up, he's dangerous wherever he's at. But we haven't seen him in forever. Can't even remember his name anyway. <laughs> and even then Mo Farah. No, Mo. I mean, not the Olympics in 2016. Oh. At, um, there was that Ethiopian who oh, ran the, for the, the, the yeah. yeah, that guy. Uh,
1: the, yeah, the, he was protesting against. Uh, yeah, he. Yeah, what's he's, his name? I, forgot. I yeah.
0: don't remember, but he had an amazing race that day, and I was like, "Oh, we're going to okay. see a lot more from him." But you have Galen, that guy, and then you have, and then you have Kipchoge. So yeah. on that day, I mean, he's, I mean, that's a really great performance. And right. and Galen didn't have a great day that day either. It wasn't his best day of days. So again, let's 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 <laughs> just in case it shows up and it happens and we don't meet before then. Tell me about this rumor you've heard about galen
1: oh i just uh, that he he when the things started going not so well he decided to step out because he might be going to valencia um, but so it kind of makes sense it kind of doesn't because you know in the pre new york city uh, marathon interviews he was saying he has been having problems with herinating disc and um that bothers him and sometimes forces him to stop and stretch and do all of pretty much ner- nervous system is kind of um, not firing properly but then also he said that you know he had four or five weeks of of good training that didn't bother him so it would make sense you know four or five weeks this hard kind of hardish efforts new york city still four weeks to go that w- makes him let's say 10 weeks um, maybe that's enough.
0: Um, maybe it was the plan.
1: Maybe that was the plan exactly. So he doesn't want to go
0: and talk in big noise beforehand because right. there. I mean, there's a lot of money there, and you don't want to thumb your nose at the New York Runners right. Club. I mean, run, Runners run, Runner whatever N Y R R and. You know, he's got his priorities to do whatever he wants. He's earned the right to go in there and take that payday, and he's earned the right to drop out if he wants to. And even if he did it as a strategy, some people would be like, well, that's kind of sketchy, but you can do whatever you want to. It's, it's a free okay. it's a free world. You can do whatever he wants to. And I, I can see it doesn't match with Galen's style, right? But it could be that Galen's learning a different game. And wouldn't that be cool if he shows up and it was part of the whole plan? Now, he probably would never say it would because that would impact what right. he did in New York and but he could say I felt like I was there, but I just needed to get a few things right in the last two weeks after that race I felt really, really good. I think I'm ready to go. And then we might see in America maybe we'll be talking something different in a, after Valencia and being like, holy shit, he just broke the world record. <laughs> he just broke the American, American- record. He not, he not gonna break the world record, but he could break the American record. He ran he just ran two oh four oh five or something like that. We'll be like Galen, Galen. But I don't <laughs> I wanted to call it here just in case it does happen that we could say Hey, there was a rumor out there. We heard it, and maybe this is this is happening.
1: Yeah, this is this is uh, one of our uh, well, you'll press. know because you'll
0: be there. You'll yeah. be there, and your and your roommate in Valencia will be um, at that pre race meeting. Yeah. So you'll know for sure whether or not and, he's showing and, up on and race days. And, and, so. and, and,
1: and the guy that you just mentioned, C.J. Albertson, he will be going for American record too. Yeah, why not? Why not? Right.
0: Well, he'll go for it. We know that for sure. And he won't be a drama queen, though. He won't be. He won't be dramatic. He'll just. It'll just be what it is. He's he going to go for it. The, the dude goes for it. He always goes for it. So go for it. Like there's a there's honor in that. I think there's. It's good. It's, it's a good style. Some one of these days he'll pull it off, and everybody will be like, "Holy crap!" I mean, I think he. The thing is, he trains so hard. I don't think that I just. I haven't seen this from what I heard about his training schedules. That he's chronically on the edge of overtraining, and he publishes his stuff out there. So he works really, really hard in his training program. So who knows? We'll see. It'll be interesting to see.
1: He is experimenting a lot too, yeah.
0: There's really nothing else to be thinking about um, setting up for our next fanboys, um, because that's the next big race, really. I mean, we've got NCAA cross country. We haven't talked about cross country yet this year. Um, We haven't really gotten into that too much. Neither one of us has been um, we've been, next, I've been following it, but week. we haven't yeah, been. Exactly. Maybe we can. We'll we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll be back at you guys in a week or two, um, before yeah. Thanksgiving. After, but.
1: after the NCAAs, before Valencia, we know, uh, you know, what is what. And yeah, and, and we can, before, I think we yeah. want
0: to do a preview of Valencia, so we can do a post of Valencia because exactly. there is going to be um, there's going to be a lot of really amazing runners there, and it's going to be fast. And you're going to be there too, so it'll be cool. And you're going to exactly. get a lot of the scoop because you'll be. <laughs> you <laughs> be right there in the midst of it
1: exactly so uh, exciting times and i uh, yeah it's it's hard to believe it's only f- 4 weeks away or or something like that
0: i know yeah. your race day's coming brother
1: <laughs> i know
0: all right thanks guys for listening thanks Tomek, for taking the time we rambled all over today i don't know what i'm going to call this episode but we'll find something fun thanks for listening yeah, and, yeah. um new,
1: new york City s- stimulated to conversation yeah <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> A pivot occurred in the middle of this. All right, guys. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon.